Please be seated. James is upset with his church because the church was acting just like the rest of the world. Inside of the church, the rich were being extended the same privilege in the community of believers that they received on the outside. And some of the cultural references that he makes infer that perhaps the people who were being extended privilege were members of the Roman ruling class. They had rings on their fingers and nice cloaks. They were being given deference, the nicest seat in the front, and the poor folks were asked to sit in the back just like they did everywhere else. He's upset because there is a horrible mismatch between what they were saying about Jesus and one another and who they were becoming. And of course, this puts them at odds with God and with one another because they are not focused on the right things. They're not focused on the royal law, which we all know is to love your neighbor as yourself. He wants them to to reorder their lives so they can live together with Christ and one another and become aware that how they treat one another is just as important, if not more important, than being outwardly religious. And we ought to recognize something of ourselves and something of the struggles that we have because this, this struggle between faith and works, connecting together faith and works, is nothing new. I see this struggle at work amongst young people, especially. And you know, with, with teenagers today, we almost have the opposite problem. And I, and I think it's a good problem to have. We, we have plenty of works. I'm not always sure about the faith part. One of the best parts that I have with our young people is to help them to connect these two together and to join with them in this struggle. I can't speak for all the folks who are my age, 40-ish, but I was not that good. I was not as good as high school kids are today with what I did with my time. I was more worried about riding around with Travis Rogers in his mom's old station wagon and water skiing and sailing on the lake and playing tennis than I was about going out there and saving the world. Today's kids are saving the world, or trying to. So much so that in one movie I just recent watched, uh, recently watched, Admission, Tina Fey played a college admissions counselor, and she joked around how, as a college admissions counselor at Princeton, one of the most selective schools in the country, that while they read applications, they played a game called Spot the Nobel Prize Winner. And you know, we might even have a few, a few of those among us here today. And I, for our sake, I certainly hope so. But what I hear from real college admissions counselors is that with all this rampant do-gooding, all this rampant do-gooding has become so standard that it's hard for them to tell what, among all that distinction that kids are getting today and all those good deeds that they're doing, what about that is real what about it is authentic? What's connected together with who they are and their passion? So the question today is not if kids today are going to do good, but, but if that good is connected to some kind of interior life. What is the motivation? Is it resume fodder for them, or is it out of some kind of life-giving connection 
namely their faith, and who God says that they and other people really are. I'm sure it's some of both. I mean, it's some of both for all of us at some point. And you know, I have to say that all kinds of communities of young people are popping up all over the country that are seeking to connect together faith and works. We're trying to do that with our All Saints Atlanta project here in All Saints. We're trying to help our young adults to go out and live into the world and do good, but also to live together uh, to live together intentionally into a life of faith in the church. So like the ancient church, we are struggling to true up what, what we say about ourselves and, and what God says about us. And James is telling us that we're not just called to a certain kind of religious practice and we're not just called just to good deeds, but we're called to an entire reorientation of our lives. When we do, when we do make friends with the poor, as he says, we can see that, that we're not just padding our resumes with God to make ourselves better, but we're, we're, we're trying to move towards a life spent working towards the needs and wants of others, the needs and wants of everyone. We have an opportunity here in the body of Christ, then, that is the church live into who we really are. So come here on any given Sunday and walk around a couple of blocks, drive across the bridge away from Georgia Tech or go southwards a bit, or go down to Church of the Common Ground in Woodruff Park and you'll see on any given Sunday that we, any given day really, that we live right in the middle of a city with so many people who lack basic needs. And I'm proud to say that this church does so much to work and give charitably to other organizations and to give of our time and energy to help the poor. This last summer, a group of our young people spent a week of their summer vacation living together up here and working with, with the elderly at Meals on Wheels Atlanta and working down at Emmaus House to do just that. Yet in spite of all our hard work, we still can't notice, probably to some of our frustration, that there's an infinite supply of poverty and pain. James tells us we are called to engage with that. So every week we come here and we get to live into the tension between faith and works just by showing up here in this place in Midtown. And this tension is one of the most, if not the most important aspect of our faith. But, you know, we often get accused in the liturgical, sacramental traditions of, of being more about, about works than we are about intellectual and emotional faith. And, you know, we are about works. We come in here and we do stuff together. We kneel and we pray. We, we pray common prayers together. We share a common meal together every week. And then we are to use that, the thinking goes, the tradition says, we are to use that to be different people. I know for me, I know probably for all of us, sometimes that is true, uh, sometimes it is not. But I'm here to, here to tell you it's not a model of unattainable perfection. 
But it's a weekly opportunity to be reminded of what faith is all about. Every week we are offered food and prayers. We model together a reorientation of our entire inward and spiritual lives with what we do outwardly. We are, as our dismissal says many times, to to go out with new life, to go in peace, to love and serve the Lord. You know, coming here every week is not a quick fix by any means, but it's an open invitation. James tells us, a live faith, then, is a faith that engages in this struggle, engages in the struggle between faith and works. And our faith then becomes alive not because we are better or worthy people, but because we can continue to work together to be an actual, real-life, flesh-and-blood community with everyone. We can seek through our worship together to bring down the things that divide us from other people. We can be, then, the entire body of Christ, rich and poor, powerful and powerless. Together, then, we can all trust in a God who gives freely to all people through active opportunities to be together with everyone, the church can find itself as having what James would call faith with works, or maybe even works with faith. Then our works are just not some kind of nice thing that we do together as, as some sort of religious social club. Then they become, for us, a matter of the life or death of our faith. Faith with works is authentic. Faith with works is strong. Faith with works is faith with integrity and faith that is fully alive. We learn from James today that, that we have never been a perfect church and we never will be. But we can be one that, that works together to be alive and to spend that life together linking our outward and our inward lives, our works and our faith. Life here together offers us the chance to live into difficult questions of how we can engage in practices that strengthen our faith in such a way that it does indeed live and walk around. With God's help, we can seek to take this journey of works and faith as hard as it may be together. In that journey is our hope for faith, for love, and for a life lived authentically as beloved children of God.